Hey everybody, so today I wanted to actually read a question that I got uh, a while back in our community. Um, if you're not part of our private Facebook group yet and you sell merchant services, this is for merchant salespeople, not executives, um, you really should be in there. I think we have almost a thousand members now. It's a lot of engagement, a lot of uh, posts being made. Um, this one came from Bill. And so if you go on Facebook and look up CC Sales Pro Community, uh, you'll see it'll pop right up there. It's the top, we, we have the top group in the industry by, by a good bet. Um, and so definitely check that out. Um, so, uh, Bill is asking a question about debit and it's been interesting being in the group and seeing there is a lot of confusion still around pin debit versus uh, signature debit and the Durban amendment and all that. So he says, please review the following statement and comment on its accuracy under the Durban amendment. There is no distinction between using a pin or not. And if the card is a bank debit card, it is always considered a debit transaction with or without a pin number and never would such a transaction be considered a credit sale. So if you want to go back and listen to that again, that's fine. Um, the answer, Bill, is that that what you just said is an accurate statement with a few caveats that I want to point out. So first of all, understand that the Durban Amendment, number one, does not apply to all debit transactions. That's first. OK, so when we break this problem down, we want to start at the, at the kind of the, the top level, which is this idea of a debit. OK, so think of it this way. There are two types of transactions in our industry from a broad perspective here. You have a credit transaction and a debit transaction. Now, why are they called credit and debit? Okay, because a debit transaction is actually debiting money from an existing account where cash exists, right? That is why, by the way, prepaid transactions fall under a lot of these same debit rules when it comes to certain things like surcharging because a prepaid card is also a debit transaction in a way because you're debiting an account that already has money on it. It's prepaid, so the money is there. A little bit of a rabbit trail, but that's important to understand that. So the idea is when you have a situation where the money is already available in an account, and the only thing that's happening is that money is being transferred. That is generally considered a debit transaction because we're debiting an existing account. A credit transaction is called credit because you're giving the consumer is leveraging their credit. They have credit, meaning they have available credit where they can spend money that they don't have, right? So they're accessing credit. So that's a credit card transaction. So understand that that is the core difference here. Now, where we get into all the confusion on debit is because of a lot of confusing terminology in our industry. And I'm going to break down a lot of it for you right now. Okay. So we're talking about debit transactions before we even get to Durban. Let's, let's focus on debit for a second. When we're talking about debit transactions, we have two different ways that you can use your debit card. Okay. The first way you can use your debit card is by using your pin number. When you use your PIN number, it is extremely important to understand that by using your PIN number, you are not going over the Visa or MasterCard um, networks at all. So even though your debit card has that little Visa logo or MasterCard logo on it, when you put in your PIN number, that has nothing to do with Visa or MasterCard in, in terms of that network. Instead, there is a completely different set of networks that you'll see on statements all the time, like Star, NYCE, Pulse, Excel, and several others that are pin debit networks. 
Now, it just so happens that, of course, Visa and MasterCard own several of those networks, but those are pin debit networks and they're operated uh, completely separate, okay? And so they do a lot of the same things that the Visa and MasterCard networks do in terms of tying together multiple um, issuing banks and things like that. But when you use your pin number, that authorization and everything is running over a totally different network. And there are also very different rules for those networks. For instance, there's no chargebacks on a debit transaction when you use your pin number. So that's one of the big differences between pin debit and signature debit, because the idea is, hey, if you use your pin number, you can't come back later and say, well, that wasn't me. Well, then you gave somebody your pin number, which you shouldn't done, you know? So, um, you know, we're talking about pin debit, um, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about is we're using the pin number. The other option is that we're doing signature debit. This is obviously where we're inserting our chip card or swiping our card and we're signing the receipt. We're not using our pin number, okay? Both of those scenarios are considered debit. They're just running over different networks. The signature debit is running over the Visa MasterCard networks and the pin debit stuff is running over the star NYCE Pulse Excel, etc. Okay. So those are the two different types of debit transactions, right? So now we get into the cost of processing. And this is another huge area of confusion, mainly because there used to be a lot of like big differences between the two, but the Durban amendment really kind of leveled the playing field here. So what the Durban Amendment did is the Durban Amendment. So, so let me, let's, again, I keep like backing up because I'm realizing there's other information you need to understand this. So hopefully you understand already that Visa and MasterCard set the interchange rates. Okay. So that's something Visa and MasterCard do. They set interchange rates. In the same way, the pin debit networks like Star and Pulse, those pin debit networks, they set the debit network access fees. So debit network access fees is kind of the same thing as interchange. It's just that's the cost you pay to the issuing bank in order to run a pin debit transaction. Okay. So we have debit network access fees and we have interchange fees. Interchange fees are on debit occur whenever you have a transaction running over the Visa MasterCard network because Visa and MasterCard set the interchange fees. And then those interchange fees are collected by the issuing bank, the one that issued the card out. On the signature on the uh, pin debit side, now we have the opposite thing. On the pin debit side, we now have the Star and Pulse and other uh, pin debit networks. They set the debit network access fees, and then that's collected by the issuing banks. Okay, so what happened with the Durban Amendment? The Durban Amendment said, "Hey, look, regardless of the network, if a debit transaction from a large bank, which I'll define in a second, if a debit transaction is processed." the issuing bank cannot collect more than five basis points and 22 cents, regardless of signature or pen debit, okay? So as a result, the underlying costs for processing pen debit and signature debit are now basically the same. Now, here's where the divergence comes in though. Even though they're technically the same, you have this issue where the Durban Amendment only applies to issuing banks that have $10 billion or more in assets, which sounds like an insurmountable sum, but in actuality, it's not that big. Most banks have over $10 billion in assets, but the banks who don't have over $10 billion in assets are local and regional banks that, you know, have not nearly that much, right? So most of the, all the big banks have that much, but the local regional banks do not. So what that means is that the local and regional banks, they are still processing what's called unregulated debit, all right? So that unregulated debit still has the interchange fee or the debit network access fee. Now, the last numbers I looked at is that about 85% 
of all the debit transactions are regulated under the Durban Amendment, meaning 85% of those transactions are originating from an issuing bank that has 10 billion or more in assets. Okay. So about 15% of the transactions are going to be unregulated debit. All right. Last thing before I'm done with this video, I want to cover just a couple key terms real quick for those of you that are like, all right, James, you know, I want to know everything about debit. Okay. A couple of things to know. Okay. Regulated debit versus unregulated debit. Let's be clear. Regulated debit means a debit transaction that falls under the Durban Amendment. Unregulated debit is a debit transaction from an issuing bank with less than 10 billion in assets that does not fall under the Durban Amendment. Okay. Next, let's talk about online debit and offline debit. Okay. When you see the term online debit, that is a PIN debit transaction. It means it's going over the debit networks, the debit, you know, networks like Star and Pulse. That's online debit. Offline debit, when you see that, that's talking about signature debit. Okay. Um, so online and offline debit. One last one that I saw recently in a statement and I put out in, a, in our, our first episode of our statement deep dives is uh, debit cap. When you see debit cap, um, debit cap means it's capped. It means it's regulated. So debit cap is the same as debit regulated. And then just regular when you see, again, if you see something like Visa debit, MasterCard debit, obviously that's signature debit because if it's online debit or pen debit, it's not going to run through the Visa and MasterCard networks. Okay. That was a lot of information, maybe information overload. You might have to watch this one a couple times to get it. But for those of you that really want to understand how debit works, this is your video. And I hope that you got some really good tips from it.